Thanks for listening to the Best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the Best of the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Yeah, welcome in to the Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker and Andy Furman in wow. for Chris Broussard. That's right. It's a funky flashback Friday, of course. All Christmas tunes on this Christmas Woo-hoo! Eve. And yes, is this on? We'll it is live. live. We are live, Bill, on uh, Christmas Eve. Do it Eve. live. I can That's right. it and we'll do it live. No doubt about it. And we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And hey, man, hang out with us for the next three hours as we get ready. And I know people are relaxing and getting ready for uh, uh, family time, for uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, we're here for you. There are people who are just chilling out and want to hear the radio. And if you want to call in and remember Christmas, even if you're by yourself this year for Christmas Eve, Christmas, remember the odd couples here for you. We are absolutely here for you. We love to hear from you tonight. Call in if you're a first time caller, if you want to chime in, if you want to wish somebody a happy uh, Merry Christmas or Um, Just say some kind words about life. But I'm thrilled to be here, you know, on the holidays. If it's a holiday, I'm usually going to be here for you. um, And I'm happy to be here on The Odd Couple. And I'm also happy whenever uh, Chris is off. And uh, it's always great to bring in different people. But one of my favorites is Cincinnati radio legend, Andy Furman, a man I've known for decades and a man who... uh, was very, very nice to me when we met in Cincinnati way back in 1991. Uh, Mr. Andy Furman, happy holidays to you and your family, Andy. Happy holidays to you. And because of you, Mr. Parker, I had to cancel my reservations at the Chinese restaurant tonight. Because that's what? that's what we do. That's what we do on Christmas Eve. Chinese food in a movie. You know that. I know. Right. That's what the chosen people do on Christmas. Right, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get the takeout after the show, maybe. Okay. I'm happy you can join us on this uh, Christmas Eve. Really am. How are you? How's the family? Life is good. The weather's great in the Midwest. About 60 degrees going to hit tomorrow, so things are good. Life is good, and I hope you're healthy. That's the, that's the main point because uh, I'm looking around right now with cancellations and bowl games. NBA's a mess. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I'm fearful. I go down the aisle at Kroger to go shopping. I sneeze. I clear the aisle out. It's unbelievable. Oh, People I are bet. fearful. I, you know what? I was in a seven. This is a true story. You just said that I was in Seven Eleven uh, just a little bit ago, and I was going to just get a slice to hold me over till dinner time. I'm going to make some lamb chops later, and I just figured, let me just get a slice of pizza and a and a, a big gulp. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah, got my yeah. big gulp. The guy's checking me out. And he still has to get my slice. Before he gets my slice, he takes this big sneeze. Oh, no. Like, big. And he looks at me and I said, you can take the pizza off my... uh, (laughs) I did. I'm I'm not even lying. I'm like... He's like, you don't want it? I'm like, dude, I'm good. There's no place for him to wash his hands 
or sanitize. You oh, know what man. I mean? I, no gloves. No gloves. No gloves. Yeah, I'm, you're not touching my pizza. I'm just not doing it. I but, wouldn't uh, have that pizza if there was no pandemic, really. No, I mean, I mean, sometimes, you know, you got no choice, Andy. But anyway, <laughs> coming up on a program, we're going to talk with uh, Rex Walters, uh, an NBA analyst, former uh, uh, coach in the NBA, formerly with the uh, Pelicans. We'll do that in the first hour. Um, in the second hour, big, uh, a big get. Thank you. Mr. Andy Furman, we got Digger Phelps, the one and only former Notre Dame coach who's up for the Hall of Fame. We'll talk with Digger about that. And in the final hour, a friend of mine, John Harris, former sports columnist and uh, now an author. He has a book about Edrin James, and we'll talk to him. What a great name for the book. You ready, Andy? From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket. I love it. Wow, yeah. So we'll talk with him. But first, before we get started, let's welcome in the Odd Couple crew and... Uh, Bo is our producer tonight. And, of course, I, I mentioned if it's a holiday, Alex Tyshit's working. Alex, how <laughs> you are you are tonight? dang right about that, Rob. He's already done a double. We worked earlier today. Alex is a worker. Okay, Rob, Fox you know how Sports cool Radio. it is to say that I was actually part of the first ever all-female host crew for filling in for the herd today? That was amazing, right? Uh, Joy Super was dope. In the Joy Taylor seat. and Alex Curry. Yes, very nice. And... Of course, Mr. Steve DeSager hey, Steve. is always here on the holiday here with the update. Steve, how are you? Doing well, and Merry Christmas to you both. Good to hear you, Andy. And thank you, Rob, for the gift card for Christmas. And for the record, got one from one Chris Broussard as well. Uh, when Did I br- you really? When I brought it up last week, it had not arrived. It has, and I wanted to make that publicly known. Thank you both. Hey, you know what? Thank you, Steve, for your hard work. And all the guys on this show, Andy, we have the greatest crew, for real. And uh, they're a big part of our success here on The Odd Couple. So Steve DeSager, Mr. Smooth. Mr. Smooth, I love him. Love <laughs> He's him. Mr. Professional, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's kick it off, Andy, and let's talk about the Lakers last night. <laughs> they were demolished by the San Antonio Spurs, who aren't a good team, and have struggled this year, under 500 record. They come into Staples soon to be crypto.com or whatever. I mean, can you imagine Andy Yankee Stadium changing his name to American Express Stadium or something? I mean, I money I, money I, will I, do I that, get the Robbie. money, but but yeah. a lot of places won't do it though. The Dodgers won't do it, the Yankees won't do it. I I, I commend those teams. I'm serious cuz you know what you do, Andy, you go like, "Yeah, you remember we went to that game at um uh, uh what was it called back then?" Like like You've lost people having those memories of going to a certain ballpark. Agreed. As a kid, now now the names change. It ain't like it's a certain name and it's forever. They're changing. Now, what was it? Uh, San Francisco. I don't know what to call that beautiful. It used to be called Pac Bell. Do you remember? And yeah, how many times they would change the name for the White Sox park? Yes. Uh, uh, what is it? Guaranteed loan. I have no yes. idea what it is. Now. I mean, yeah. it's just embarrassing. But anyway. Uh, the only thing more embarrassing than all the name changes, the Lakers. Oh. Lakers. They lose 138 to 110. They give up 138 to the Spurs at home in Los Angeles. And, you know, it was a couple days ago when they lost to the Suns, where LeBron was saying, well, he can't assess the team. They've had so many injuries, people in and out, 17 different lineups. I, I call it hogwash. I call it excuses because, Andy, even with that, and a lot's going on in the NBA, you got to work your way through it. 
there's just been some really, really bad basketball. I, I don't even know what else to say other than that. And here's my point, and then I want to hear from you. Okay. The Lakers, for people to go like, it's too early to write them off. You got to wait. You got to wait till they all get healthy. You got to wait till they all play together for a while. You got to wait. No. It's not about whether or not they can make the playoffs and play better, way better than they've played. Andy, this team was put together for one reason and one reason only, to win a championship. This ain't a championship uh, squad. And, and the idea that they're going to be all healthy or completely healthy at the end of the year is a fallacy. Anthony Davis has a history of injuries. We already know that he's hurt. LeBron has been hurt three of the four years in Los Angeles. And then you got a lot of older players, and Westbrook doesn't fit. Nobody should be shocked by this. This was a first guess. It's not a championship roster. It's not a championship caliber team. If you think something's going to happen in April and change everything and they'll get together and win, you're living in a fantasy world, Andy. I'm sorry. Well, I think one of the bigger problems going into the season, everybody knew that they're one of the oldest teams in the league. LeBron James is 36, entering uh, his 19th year in the league. Eight of their 10 new players are 32 years of age or older. You mentioned Russell Westbrook. I'm not so certain he fits in. Either he's trying too hard or he just doesn't fit in. The coach is out. Frank Vogel's gone. He's got the COVID. So here's the thing. I think that one of the things you need in sports, especially in basketball, it's only five on the court, you need chemistry. And I think that when guys are injured and your coach is down and guys are playing different lineups every day, you can't get into a flow. You can't get any chemistry. I will tell you this. As long as James and Davis are healthy, and that's a big if, because I don't think both of them will ever be healthy. Davis is never healthy. But if they are healthy, I believe that the Lakers are title contenders. I really believe that. They have the talent to do so, but they can't stay healthy on the court. That's well, the but, problem. But but what you're saying is whenever you have to use the caveat, if they're healthy, it already tells you what, just like last year. Oh, yeah, if, if uh, AD's healthy, what happened? He got hurt in the Sun series, and that was mm-hmm. it. And and you, you're asking for older players to stay healthy and to be able to play uh, and be ready to go. And even then, I don't like the makeup. You talked about it. The oldest team in the league. Those aren't teams that win. They're not. And LeBron James, year 19, LeBron had a great game last night. What do you have, 36 points? And they lost by 28. He's not good. He's not. Years ago, Andy, you would say LeBron had 36. You knew the Lakers won, right? He had 36. No doubt. No doubt. This is what yeah. I'm saying. And it's not just uh, LeBron doesn't control the game anymore. Anthony Davis this year has been, even before he was hurt, disappointing. Westbrook, he's piling up some numbers. They don't seem to matter. They, I don't think he's a real fit for what they're looking for. And um, I, I just, nothing feels like a championship caliber team to me. Will they make the playoffs? More than half the league makes the playoffs. They should. If they don't, that would be shocking. Carmelo Anthony, one night he hits nine three-pointers, the next night he's 0 for 9. That's what happens right. with older players. But you're not, you're not going to win a game when you've got two guys. Look, if you look at the box score last night, the Lakers took something like 94 shots. LeBron and Westbrook took 46 of the 94. You can't win like that. You have to spread the wealth. You have to have guys in double figures. Well, they had two guys in double figures last night, or maybe three, I think. The bench put in only 20 points. They shot something like 5 for 27 from three. There's no organization. There's no flow 
soul to this team. You know, you watch Golden State, everybody touches the basketball. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch them play. It really is. You watch this Laker team, it's like going down to the park and watching the guy, five guys in the park playing basketball. No, no, no doubt about it. But but when they put this team together. And I get the notion LeBron doesn't want kids. He wants veterans. He wants to give himself a chance to win. He doesn't want to waste a season. That's why they didn't get Buddy Heal. They just thought, well, he's not a big enough name, but he probably fit the, the bill, Andy, better than Westbrook, right? But he ain't a star studded. They have how many guys? Four guys? You're not going to win Dwight on the top Howard 75, playing this, yeah. on the top 75 the list? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's crazy. It really is. It's nuts. Carmelo Anthony. I mean, come on. Who's going to come back next? Bill Russell. I mean, really. Carmelo Anthony's still playing. He put in like twenty twenty five minutes last night. But this is where the Laker fans are, and they can't be happy. And and it ain't. I mean, don't call up here saying they'll be fine because you know what that is. That's lazy sports talk radio. Because that means nothing to me. What does that mean? Based on what, they'll be fine. Their their goal being put together, Andy, was to win a championship. Anything other than a championship for the Lakers is failure. Sorry, it just is. Not making the playoffs, not losing in the first round, not getting swept in the second round. That's not what they were put together for. LeBron and them thought. Remember he kept the receipts when people were trashing the team as it was put together and said, y'all keep the same energy at the end of the year. No, we'll keep it all right, and we got all the receipts. This ain't a second guess about about this roster. It was a first guess. They stink to the high heavens. You shouldn't be putting giving away 138 points to a bad Spurs team. Yes. 138. I mean, come on. Uh, Kata Bates, the op. I mean, come on. What did he put in last night? 30 points? I mean, it's a career high. A career high, this guy. I remember when he played for Ohio State. Come on. This guy wasn't even scheduled to be a starter for San Antonio. Come on. 30 and, points. But they don't joke. play defense. You can't. They don't. You know, what games are you winning, Andy? What games are you winning? I mean, it is as bad as it gets. Uh, for the Lakers, we want to hear from you, you Laker fans, you Laker homers, you guys who want to sit around and don't call up here talking about they'll be fine and it's only December and the season doesn't start until Well, you know what they'll do, Christmas. Robbie? They, they're they're going to blame it on Frank that. Vogel. See, they, they won't put the finger on the players, even though they're old and they're too, maybe too old to play and they can't play on a nightly basis. They'll blame Frank Vogel. That's what they'll do. Say it's Vogel's fault. He can't coach him. That's what and, they'll say. And Andy, last night before the game, I, I, you know, I found out. I did some journalism, and I found out the uh, Lakers pregame meal last night consisted of sodium-free bacon, decaf coffee, and a chest X-ray, <laughs> <laughs> and some prune juice. Everything's not funny. There we go. All right, eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. 877-99 on Fox is the phone number. We want to hear from you. Uh, Laker fans, people who root for the Lakers, people who follow NBA, are you are you buying this? You buying that this is a championship caliber team? What needs to be done? Where's the blame? Are you ready to make a move uh, with a major trade? I've seen stuff where they're like, get rid of uh, Anthony Davis. That some fans just are tired of him being hurt. They want Anthony Davis out of L.A. He was supposed to take over for LeBron. So we want to hear from you. It is the Odd Couple. 
on a Christmas Eve indeed here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker and the legendary Andy Furman in for Chris Broussard. Uh, Stick and stay America. Thanks for listening to the Odd Couple Podcast. Be sure to check us out live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. On Christmas Eve, you want to welcome the man himself, Richard Digger Phelps, the former coach of the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame. Thank you, coach, for joining us on Christmas Eve, and congratulations. Your name appears on the nomination list for the Hall of Fame. How are you, coach? Hey, hey Digger. I'm fine. I'm fine, Andy. Hi, Ralph. Uh, nice to talk to you guys. Christmas Eve, as the whole country gets ready for Santa Claus, I think he might be someplace heading towards uh, from France to Germany to wherever as he comes across the ocean ahead to see all the little kids in our own country. Very exactly. nice. Right. Go no ahead, doubt. Rob. Go ahead. Talk yeah. to the coach. Yeah, I want to add, Digger, just the, uh, obviously the nomination and uh, just thoughts on it. And uh, is it something you just, uh, you know, hope that happens? You don't want to think about it too much? Or are you just waiting for the announcement or just the thrill of being nominated? Everybody doesn't get nominated. Well, it is a thrill to be nominated. Obviously, my year at Fordham and uh, taking that team that was 10 and 15, the same guys back, and the next year we go 26 and 3 and beat Austin Carr and Notre Dame in the Garden in front of 19,500 and lose to Al McGuire and Marquette in the Garden the next week in front of um, 19,500. And yeah, my 20 years at Notre Dame and what we did and I think, as I've always told people, you know, the wins at Notre Dame are obviously big and important, but to graduate uh, 56 players who played for me in my 20 years, all 56 got the degrees, that was really important. But, yes, I'm really uh, honored to be nominated for the Hall of Fame, and I didn't know this, that Tim Beret, my good friend from Clemson University, who was SID but graduated from Notre Dame in 78, uh, we've written about three or four books together, but he told me, he said, you know, you knocked off 51 top 20 teams in your 20 years at Notre Dame. And in those 51 wins, 26 were against Hall of Fame coaches. I said, what? He said, Digger, I'm telling you, it was 26 coaches in the Hall of Fame that you beat in those 51 top 20 wins, which was all the way down to knocking off seven number one teams. So, We'll just have to wait and see and see how the committee gets it done. Coach, I'm really glad you brought up the Fordham situation. That's where I first met you 50 years ago. Fordham was 26-3. and They can't repeat that. But the thing that really ticks me off, you're not even in the Fordham Hall of Fame. That bugs <laughs> me guess, more than anything else. I can't believe it. I guess it wasn't really a, 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 a you know one of those moments for Notre Dame sports, but more importantly for Fordham back then. But <laughs> what was really crazy about that team uh, – we were the team was ten and fifteen the year before I got there, and the same team was coming back, and we were going to have a sophomore center named Paul Griswold from St. Benedict's in Newark, and he was like six eleven. I figured if we get him in that lineup, and we go fifteen and ten after they went ten and fifteen and get to the NIT. I've turned the program around. Well, the first week of November, he tears his knee up. He's out for the year. Oh. My next biggest guy was six five, Tommy Sullivan. So I start him and four guards and Frank McLaughlin 
my one of my assistants, my only assistant, convinced me to go with Kenny Charles as the fourth guard to start him. And we pressed everybody 94 feet. That team went 26-3. and three. We beat Notre Dame in the Garden when they had Austin Carr in front of 19,500. We lose to Marquette and El McGuire in overtime in the Garden the next week in front of 19,500. That team became the hard hat team for New York City. Everybody loved those guys. Uh, Rob, because... they, they haven't won 26 games in the last three years for them. Yeah, I, I, don't <laughs> even, right. I, I don't even doubt it. Hey, one thing, like uh, when Andy uh, introduced you and, and called you Richard, which is your name, nobody calls you Richard. Most people know you as Digger Phelps. And uh, so you got the nickname Digger, where a lot of people probably don't know, from your dad, who was a mortician. Is that how the name got yeah. started? I'll bring it up. Let me bring up the Richard factor first. So <laughs> tomorrow when I talk to Bob Knight, I talk to him every Christmas. I talk to him on his birthday. We talk about four or five times a year. We'll talk tomorrow. And he always calls me Richard. He never calls me Digger. And uh, going back to being the Undertaker's son, Right. Uh, I grew up in Beacon, New York, which is about 50 miles north of New York City, above West Point. And our junior high school and high school were in the same building. In the eighth grade, we just idolized the varsity teams, football, basketball, and baseball. And I was bat boy for the baseball team in the eighth grade. And they'd always call me Richie or Rich. And so what happened, uh, one bus trip, we're down playing in Osning or Terrytown or one of those places. And the guys on the back of the bus are beating me up and yelling for the coach, Jim Garloff. And they're saying, Coach, this guy is eating our cupcakes and, and cookies while we're out taking batting practice. Because what I do is go back on the bus and look at right. the lunch bags and see what they had. <laughs> so they're beating me up. And so uh, the coach says, Phelps, if you don't stop taking those cupcakes and cookies, we're going to put you in one of your old man's boxes. Do you understand that, Digger Odell? <laughs> Well, Digger Odell was a part of a radio show back in the early 50s, and the guys all know it. So there's 20 guys laughing on the bus as he calls me Digger Odell. The next day in practice, I'm watching Richie get us the bats, get us the balls, get us some water. It was Digger Odell get us the bats, get us some water, right. get, get, get some balls and what we got to do for batting practice. So that's how the Digger Odell started, and the Digger stuck, and that's how I got that name Digger for the rest of my life. Wow. That's a pretty amazing story there. I got a quickie for you, though. Yep. What do you we think got about the, a minute left. Okay. Let's do it. What do you think nah, of this we got trans- more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think of this transfer portal right now going on the NCAA? Well, you know, what's more important to me is how now these athletes can get paid. And who's going to police that as they do whatever they do, commercials or whatever reason? And, boy, I think that's really going to destroy college basketball. Because how do you police it? And who's going to know who's getting what? How much cash are they getting under the table? And But, Digger, they've been that, getting money under the table forever. I mean, are we but, acting but like yeah, that's never but, happened? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. They've been getting it for under the table forever. But, yes, they've gotten caught and they've gotten nailed. But now this is worse than ever. And this is something you can't police. I mean, what was amazing when the shoe company started giving money to coaches and assistants and high school coaches, the feds got involved because you can't give money out of state. If the money's staying in the state and some alumnus is paying some kid to play at UCLA, like Sam Gilbert used to do at UCLA, well, the feds couldn't get involved because it was cash and it was done under the table at UCLA. But now when you go out of state, the feds can get involved because you can't 
take that transfer of public funds out of the state because that becomes federal law, and that's how the FBI has gotten involved with all those cases. But what's more important now, when you can start paying athletes to do commercials and making money, who is going to police it? The NCA can't. And a lot of this is going to, and you watch the next three or four years, what goes on in college football or college basketball with some of these guys getting some ridiculous salaries and seeing what's going on under the table. All right. Coach, as always, a pleasure. I'm wishing you and yours a great holiday season. Merry Christmas to you. Say hi to Coach Knight from us as well, and we'll catch up with you. And best of luck. Best yes. of luck in this whole. If you deserve it, I want to see you in there. And if you're in there, I'm going to Springfield to see it. Andy, if I get in there, you're introducing me because you've been pushing this behind the scenes more than anybody I know. Listen so I appreciate you. that, and I want to wish you guys a happy holiday season. Christmas yes. is tomorrow, so I hope Santa shows up tonight. You don't get coal in your stockings. <laughs> and right. then we'll have a happy new year next Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Odd Couple Podcast. Be sure to check us out live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Odd Couple on a funky flashback Friday, Christmas Eve. Rob Parker and Andy Furman in for Chris Broussard. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And it is my pleasure to welcome a a former colleague uh, in Michigan and in Detroit, uh, longtime sports columnist John Harris, who's the author of a new book about uh, pro football Hall of Fame running back Edgerin James. He is John Harris, and the title of his book, which I love, From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket. John, welcome to the Odd Couple. How are you, buddy? I'm good. What's going on, man? Man, long time, huh? I know, I know. I've been following you, man. Big things. You've been doing big things, Rob. Man, I I appreciate it. And uh, this book seems very interesting. Say hello to Andy Furman, Uh, John. Andy Furman, man, I enjoy you. I enjoy you. How you doing, man? John, congratulations to you on the book. Merry Christmas, and you got to go see Rob during the stand-up. <laughs> I heard, I heard him last night. I heard a little bit last night. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. yeah. Just, just tell me where to go. Just yeah, we're going to do it definitely. But let's talk about Edwin James and you know his rise and uh, all the way uh, to making it to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I know uh, you know raised by a single mom in Florida. And, uh, you know, grew up poor and, and a family. Just tell, tell us a little bit more about his upbringing and how he got to where he did. Just uh, I mean, an incredible story. I mean, I covered the NFL and, and followed his career, not really that closely because that was how he chose it. He was never someone that you really saw quoted a lot in the media during the time that he played. Very laid back, very quiet guy. Uh, he came up with the title because the look that he had 
the gold teeth. That's what he had when he played when he was young. He had the gold teeth, the grill, South right. Florida, and he had and he had dreads. And that's how people viewed him as this guy from South Florida had to look. And, and in fact, I know you play the uh, the Eddie House uh, when he comes on that that cameo he does. That was Trick Daddy video. Edwin right. was in that. Edwin was in that video. Is he really? Wow. Day. Yeah, okay. Trick Daddy is one of his one of his boys. So I was, every time I hit it, I kind of chuckle. He he just had that look. People assumed who he was without really knowing who he was because of how he looked. John, I, I'd like to ask you, what exactly moved you to write the story on Edward James? We were connected by a mutual friend, uh, Charles Bennett, who is Edwin's accountant. And Charles Bennett uh, is a forensic accountant who worked for years with the NFL. He was Gene Upshaw's right-hand man in the NFL Players Union. He also worked extensively in the NBA Players Union. And he put us together and said Edwin had told him he wanted to do a book. And he told him about me, and we got together and chatted, and we hit it off, and here we are. Now, let me ask you this. This is what people don't know, that in 1999, the day before the draft, uh, the Colts traded uh, Marshall Falk, of course, a Hall of Fame running back, right? Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, in that draft, people, the fans, wanted Ricky Williams, right, the Heisman Trophy winner, and Bill Polian – uh, pulled off the shocker by not drafting him and instead taking James over Ricky Williams. And what what was how stunned was he about that? And and why did that happen? It's amazing because he went to the University of Miami, had a great career there, but that that Miami program at that time was coming off of probation from previous years, so they were never on television. So people really never saw him play that much outside of South Florida. The one time he was on national television was against UCLA, his final regular season game, as it turned out, against UCLA. He ran for 299 yards. And after that, shortly after that, he decided to turn pro after his junior year. And Bill Polian had scouted him and fell in love with him. And you mentioned our Marshall Falk trade. Just think about that happening today. A superstar running back being traded the day before the draft. Right. And, yeah, I mean, that doesn't happen. And, and then they, you know, Marshall Falk went on, you know, had a Hall of Fame career, went on the greatest show on turf. Great player. Uh, that team was 3-13 and 13 in 1998. Edron came in, uh, taking over Ricky Williams, who the fans were not happy with. Uh, Bill Polian joked that he wanted one of his scouts to check under the hood of his car after they drafted Edron James because fans were just so upset with that pick. Ricky Williams right. was a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Yeah, they didn't know that guy. Ricky Williams would want to go to Tibet and smoke weed, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to get to that. But ironically, Rick, Rick, Ricky's in the book. He talks about, he and Edwin both talk about that experience and how both of their careers kind of parallel because of that, that draft day pick. It's pretty interesting. But Edwin comes into the league. He doesn't have an agent. Think about that. He didn't have an agent. He gets drafted fourth overall. Ricky Williams was drafted fifth. He doesn't sign with an agent until later in the summer. He signs with Lee Steinberg uh, and Jeff Morad, as you know, Rob, a big baseball guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. They, were, they, they, they had that firm together. Uh, he signs with them. and But it is a holdout. He doesn't report to training camp. He misses a, a couple's preseason games. So now the fans, everybody's pulling their hair out. Right. Not that they, they, only, not, they didn't want him, and now he's not showing up. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so he's coming under incredible pressure. He comes there. He finally signs. So what does he do his rookie year? He leads the league in rushing. He's named all pro. He's rookie of the year. And the Colts remarkably go from three and 13 the previous year to 13 and three in Edwin's rookie year. That's, that's unprecedented for a team to improve by such a large margin as just one year. And everybody that's in the book, Bill Polian, Peyton Manning, who does the forward, they, uh, they all, and Jim Mercer, the owner, they all credit Edrin with that turn. They said, hey, all those guys are great, but this is the guy that made the difference in the turnaround for the Indianapolis Colts that people got to know as the years went by. Now, how can people get the book? Where I know it hasn't been released yet, right? Coming up in January. Yeah, right, right. Well, they can go on. They can go to you know, you can go to Amazon and, and order. It's, it's available. Uh, the release date is uh, January twenty fifth. They can go on in right now after listening to this uh, part of the, of the show and order it. Um, Barnes and Noble is available as well, and it'll be about it'll be available in bookstores. You know, later you know later in January. But yeah, they can. They can jump on it and, and, and get it right now. It sounds great. Hey, John Harris, I appreciate it. We appreciate you being on. And one last thing, Edgerin James owns a gentleman's club in Miami. <laughs> you know I might need to go down there and uh, uh, put yeah. some girls through college. You know what I mean? I think you should. It's, it's an amazing place. He talks <laughs> about it. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. He talks about why he bought it and from a real estate type situation. And I think you would like it, Rob. I, in fact, I know you would like it. Yeah, you know what? And, you know, one single <laughs> at a time. And I'm sure they got good chicken wings in that place, too. There he is. John Harris, pick up his book about Edgerin James from uh, Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket. Hey, John, great catching up. We'll talk soon, buddy. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.